Stand clear of the closing doors, please. In a Brooklyn fractured into speculative storyscapes, you never know what could be lurking around the corner. Fantasy, horror, sci-fi, or the just plain weird. Join Professor Brad Overstreet, Senior Junior Lecturer Sam Spellingbaum, Professor Emeritus Calliope DeGamowitz, and Inquisitor James Earl King II as they discover the stories drifting in and out of your reality. This is our stop. But where are we? Oh, hey, a bar. This isn't the time, James. No, no, the bar is where we're going. Oh, outstanding. Does this uh, fine establishment materializing and dematerializing uh, and coming closer have a name? Spelling bounds. Of course it fucking is. Where everybody knows your name because it shall have been signed in blood in Suknath's book of infernal homilies at the end of all things. Sometimes you wanna go. Are they at least awfully glad I, I came? Oh, it's getting closer. Oh, yes. There are things the infernal homilies and hymns can't teach ya. Jesus, it's right on top of... Oh, oh, holy nightmare, escape Batman. Yeah, it sneaks up on ya. <clears throat> well, hey, happening place. Uh, Barry Ma's Isley Cantina, by the way, of Hieronymus Bosch. Um... Uh, that gentleman over there with the scales and spines there at the bar, is, is that his date or his drink order? Eh, could be either. Or both. This close to the intersection of the multiverse and the omniverse, things tend to get a little freak showy, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Well, I don't know about the two of you, but I could wet my whistle. Hey, is anybody sitting here? Obviously not me. Oh, hey, it's a centaur. Shows how much you know, you Renfield-looking chump. I'm a story about a centaur. Uh, snacks before you order? Ugh! <laughs> 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 Oh, wait, wait, go back to what you said before about the omniverse. Oh, so huh? Oh, oh, uh, back in my in my apartment before he blew it up. Uh, master. Ooh, I mean, mister? I mean, Spellingbound said the omniverse is awakening and uh, that it's heralding the end of all realities. He said what? Hey, do you three mind? 
Can't a story enjoy a carrot juice Sazerac in peace? Oh, come on, man. I mean, can anyone? Fight me, bug breath. Centaur's Lament by Ted Rabinowitz Hey, what's your name? Stacy, I'm Chiron. What are you drinking? May I? Joey, a Cosmo and a Makers. An archer? Well, I coach. I lead bow hunting expeditions. Not as much as a fund manager, but how many people do you know who truly get to follow their dream? What do you do? Marketing, of course. I could tell. You're a people person. No, it's obvious. Really. And it's very attractive. You understand that man is the measure of all things. Um... Well, yes, of course, that includes women. Yes, it's a famous... Really? You don't know? Well, it means... It means that people who need people are the luckiest people in the world. Yes, I knew you'd understand. Of course, you can touch it. Thank you. Curry comb twice a day. No, it's not CGI. It's real. <laughs> I mean, how would CGI even work for this? It's me. You just touched my flank. It's not on a computer screen. Never mind. Yes, I was born this way. All my people are. We're famous for it. <laughs> yes, it's all real. Want to go for a ride? Mark, uh, it's Kai. Call me when you get this. Terrible, bro. Just terrible. No, the physical aspect was fine. Great, actually. This girl is athletic, very limber, and really willing to go the extra mile. Yeah, I know. They have to be with me, or it's never going to work. Why? Because there's more to life than sex, Mark. I notice someone who hasn't reached 3,000, it must be hard to believe. But trust me, it's the truth. She didn't want me. She didn't want Chiron. She wanted the horse. No. No, I, I'm sorry. It's not your fault. I shouldn't have lost my temper. I'm just so tired. I want someone who loves me for me. Stacy, hi. It's Kai. No, I'm, I'm fine. It's just... I guess I should have done this in person. I don't think it's going to work out. No, you're a great girl. You are. You... Wow. You want to get into it. Fine. I know what I am, right? 
You don't have to call me Stallion every time we're together. You don't have to keep talking about my hunches and my flanks and getting into a lather. I know that's your thing, but it's not my thing, okay? I'm not a piece of meat. I'm a healer, an astrologer, an oracle. But you don't acknowledge any of that. To you, I'm just a fetish. I saw the posters. I saw the jodhpurs. An impulse buy. They make you look curvy. Are you kidding me? Please, just stop it. You're embarrassing yourself. I saw the My Little Pony collection. Yes, maybe we should. Yes, it's real. No, this isn't cosplay. Yes, I am Chiron, and obviously, you were a classics major. And I'm flattered. But I'm not into guys. Hey, I hey, don't get bitchy. This isn't Splash Bar. I... Damn. Sorry, honey. I, I shouldn't have backed up that fast. Let me buy you another. Joey, another uh, Kaipurina. My name... Chiron. Marjorie. Now that's nice. Oh, that's my ride. Nice meeting you. You'd best step off with that bridal bitch. Like, right now. Yeah, that's right. You run. Poser. Stace, what are you doing here? Oh, gods, were you following me? Hey, it's a natural question in New York. Okay, you're right. I, I am over myself. I promise. You look good. I'm glad. I've been okay. It's... It's been hard. I miss you. But we'd still have the same problems. Yes, that's right. Cronus was my father. Yes, I, I taught all the greats. Jason, Asclepius, Aeneas, Theseus, Achilles, Heracles. Dionysus, too, but he dropped out. How did you find all this out? Ha, right. You never think to Google yourself. You know, I have thought about going back to teaching. It's a really good idea. How are things with you? Do you... Do you want to go somewhere and talk?
Ted Rabinowitz is an author and copywriter whose previous careers include electrician, scriptreader, and professional card player. His first novel, The Wrong Sword, was published in 2012, and his writing has appeared in the magazine of fantasy and science fiction, The Business International Money Report, The Valley Sun, Hollywood Scriptwriter, and elsewhere. Rich Outfield is a podcaster, writer, and audiobook narrator who loves horror, the word Chalupa, Star Wars, Sean Connery, and hopes to be remembered for his lovely singing voice, despite his many monstrous crimes. This episode was made possible by our Patreon subscribers. A special thank you to Julian Black. I got more where that came from. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) See, once I had a drink with a mermaid. No, really. Stop. Oh, I see how it is. Enough fooling around. You brought us into the heart of the storyverse. Not exactly the safest neighborhood. Now would be a good time for answers, my darling. This is where it happens. Where what happens? The Omniverse, the hostile takeover. And you have a plan? This, this is the plan. The biggest thing to happen in all time and space and we've got front row seats. I, you, what? Terms and services, madam, gentlemen. Compliments of the management. Management? At the piano. No, anything but that. Making your way in the multiverse takes everything you've got. Taking a break from normie rules sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to join us now? Enough, you weird Al reject! Glad you could make it to the opening night of the Omniverse's official rollout. I was right. This is where it happens. How do we stop it? How indeed? The answer, of course, is you can't. I've already done it. A legion of spellingbound snatched from life at the flower of genius, all avenged. Don't you see? Ah! Evil monologue? Meet chair. There. Who needs a plan? Let's get out of here. Hello again, Mr. King. Yikes! Little Red! Hello, Mr. King. <laughs> and Summer Skin? You want to hear my mermaid story now? You know, it's possible I didn't think this through. You think? Oh, God, what is happening? <laughs> ah! The story versus joy the cause. You threw a chair at me? No, that doesn't. I'm bringing out the big Gladstone. Late nights in the Cape and Cane? Yeah, boss. Take out the fucking trash. Late Nights at the Cape and Cane by Max Gladstone. Originally published in Uncanny Magazine, November 2014. Doc Sinister was sloppy drunk, scared, and monologuing. 
the first and third weren't unusual for 1 a.m. at the Cape and Cane on a, do you call it, Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. But the second worried me. They don't get it. He pounded his glass on the table for punctuation, and a fountain of expelled bourbon wet the stained sleeve of his black topcoat. Doc had come in costume, straight from work. Another bad sign. Majestic, cipher, whole damn Super League with their muscles and blue eyes and jawlines. They're just... Green flames trailed the tip of his crooked finger as it wove uncertain circles in the air. You know, ring of firelight, horrors too terrible, Dutch boy with his finger. He knocked back the rest of the bourbon and magicked himself another from the bar. That made five, which is a lot for a guy as slim as Doc. I kept quiet. I tend to when someone's on a roll. Skeleton Gwyn moved her chair closer to Doc and wrapped her hand around his arm. She'd put on a face for the night, a light dust of translucent crystal over the skin that's still there along with organs and viscera and other working parts, even if it's all invisible but the bone. Normally she doesn't bother, but she knew Doc would be here tonight. I don't know what she sees in him, but then I don't descend from jogging apes or have genitalia as such, so maybe there's something there I miss. Doc, it's fine. Leave it at the office. He gulped more bourbon, and you shouldn't gulp bourbon. Victory lay within my grasp. One hand raised, curling into a fist, eldritch energies crackling, etc. Color me impressed, or not. The soul engine firing on all cylinders, unreal knives flaying the skin of the world to usher in the age of supremacy, complete liberation, incomprehensible power. Miss Zhang was bound to the engine. Majestic had to choose between stopping the device and saving her. And she managed both. Gwyn knows how the story ends. We all do. But why should she? Doc's eyes burned with real fire or magic fire, which is as near the real stuff as matters. Why shouldn't we win once in a while? Why not exact our toll in blood and doom? Gwyn's hand tightened on his arm. Her lips puckered, her shoulders twitched, and at last the laugh peeled free. She clapped a hand over her mouth, but giggles slipped through her fingers' cage. Doc tore away from her and stood, imperious, wreathed in sorcery and bourbon sweat. Some of you. His dilated eyes swept the table and settled at last on Gwyn. May have grown comfortable with failure. I am not so limited a being. The powder didn't touch Gwyn's eyes, but I still saw the betrayal there. Losers, all of you, what a bunch of losers! Doc stormed away from the table, or tried. He stumbled into Cynthia Chill knocked her beer out of her hand and herself into the warden, who didn't notice, on account of his being ten feet tall and made of stone. Cynthia swore, but Doc waved her off with a gloved middle finger and lurched toward the bathroom. Gwyn wasn't quite crying. What the hell did I do? I set down my cup. Nothing. He's drunk. And a jerk. Stella. And she looked at me with that killer stare you humans have that screams, help me, in the language of a billion galaxies. The look that makes you so dangerous. I'll talk to him, I said, and stood. Cynthia was flaking frozen beer off her dress. You best check that son of a- I know, I know. 
as if I don't spend enough on dry cleaning? The warden chuckled, a sound like grinding rocks. I don't mean to give you the wrong impression of the cape and cane. We're usually a convivial peacenik sort of crowd. We check our superweapons at the door. That's one of the two options given our clientele, and the other option leads to high insurance premiums and frequent reconstruction. Kitchen fires don't have a patch on what happens when we go at each other. On the stage, Octagon finished tuning his guitar and laid into a version of Nobody's Business But My Own. The dealer, Castaway, and Dr. Javier, M.D., a rarity among our circle, Doc himself as a D. Phil, had set a board over the pool table, upended Javier's top hat in the center, and were trying to flick playing cards into the hat. Castaway kept embedding the cards edge-on in the board. Didn't look like this would end well for Javier's hat, but everyone seemed to be having a good time, even the dealer, though he wasn't smiling. He only smiles when he knows he's about to win. And I mean knows. Minor precog among miscellaneous other gifts. Doc was in the men's room, kneeling in front of a porcelain god even he tried to have as little to do with as possible. Kiberios snorted lines of fairy dust by the sink. Barry, give us a minute. He nodded all three of his metal dog's heads and walked through the room's corner, howling down the borders of creation. That left me and Doc alone. I crouched down behind him, considered and rejected the obvious joke. How's it going? He was suddenly, violently sick into the toilet. I magicked a glass of water from the bar and grabbed a wad of paper towels from the dispenser by the sink. When he was done, I handed him the towels first, then the glass. He rinsed his mouth, spit hard into the bowl, drew back and flushed. He crawled away from the old evil god, but couldn't stand quite yet. He sat, propped against the stall door, staring down into the tiles as if they moved in mystic patterns. Maybe to him they did. His bald spot glistened. There were holes in his jacket, and some of the black was carbon, not dye. Feel better? No. Good. You were a jerk to Gwyn. I was. We all have bad days. She'll understand. She's too good for us that way, but you need to apologize. Didn't mean to insult her. Just everyone. Yeah, well, she's part of everyone. And for some reason she cares what you think, unlike the rest of us. I put a hand on his shoulder. Beneath the jacket's padding, he was all bone. God knows why. Losers, he said. The door opened behind us. I didn't recognize the big guy with the horned hat and tusks. Always someone new around. Occupied. There's... I said occupied. I need to go. Use the ladies down the hall. There's a line. Scoot! I put something extra into my voice at the end there, and he did. When I turned back to Doc, he was laughing, and not the good kind of laughter. I shook him. Stay with me. He stopped, but the crazed look lingered in his eye, and I mean crazed like cracking. Doc, we all have days like this. That's the trouble with being player one. Spend months, years setting up the game, then player two stumbles in and wins. Sucks, but that's the way. We all fall. If you take it out on the people who are there for you when you land, the fall's just harder. You don't get it, Stella. This time I didn't lose. I did not like where this was going. There we were, the heart of the soul engine. The redoubtable Miss Claudia Zhang wired so any attempt to foil the engine would kill her. 
the engine wired so any attempt to rescue her would set it off. I knew Majestic could get them both, but I didn't tell her about the second trap, a fate circuit drawing power from Majestic's choice. There wasn't enough juice to tear free the spirits of mankind, but it did the job for one. He fished inside his jacket pocket, produced the dagger of Lang and a collapsible pentacle woven from a dead god's marrow and a half-dozen other implements of trade, until at last he found a little disk of ice-blue crystal. It hovered between us, perfect enough to grab a soul and flawed enough to keep it. Inside, turning and turning, all gyred up, as a poet might say. If you've never seen a naked soul, it's no more like a soul embodied than a flower you planted as a seed and watered and watched sprout, grow, bloom, and wither is like a badly lit photo of the same. In that stone I saw birth, sex, heartbreak, pain, and that time Claudia Zhang got high with her friends and tried to sink Dark Side of the Moon with the Wizard of Oz, but no one could quite time the VCR right. Ms. Zhang, ace reporter, was inside that stone, timeless and trapped. She couldn't see us, but her eyes had that same damn human expression. Unfair. I did not keep my voice level, or down. Shadows clogged the room, which was my fault. I lose control when I'm angry. Do you have any idea what you've done? I won. His smile was way too wide to convince me. I know what fear looks like. Player one always loses. Hell with that. So I set a trap and beat her. That's not the way this works, Doc. You can't call the game and win it. Why the hell not? Because then it stops being a game, and when our thing turns real, it turns ugly. His eyes had no fire in them now. You know that. You caught her and you came here because you're scared of what happens next. I wanted to win, he said. I wanted to show Gwyn I could. And now I've messed it all up, like always. We can fix this, I said. Come with me. What? We need to get you back in the game. Majestic will come looking for you, and if she finds you here, she'll wreck this place, and I don't want to spend the next few hundred years hunting another watering hole. You're scared. Of Majestic? Hopped-up alien shapeshifter with delusions of grandeur? Please. But I'm not the only one here. They don't even have powers where Dr. J comes from. The Octagon might be immortal, but his guitar isn't, and neither's Gwyn. He's a pale guy, but he went paler. I didn't think. I know the feeling. I stood with a sigh. You have two choices, way I see it. You want to walk this road, play for final stakes? Then you go out the front door and never come back. Gwyn might be sad, and the rest of us might miss you, because you're a fun guy when you're not pulling shit like this. But we'll live. Or, indicating with open palm the poor, trapped, corporeally challenged Claudia Zhang, you make two apologies tonight. He nodded. I held up my hand and dragged him to his feet. Back in the bar, Castaway threw a card that would have gone straight into Javier's hat if the dealer hadn't winked the hat out of existence first. This prompted some argument about the rules of their game. Gwyn waited at the table, mostly recovered. Kiberios sat with her, not talking, just being there. She looked up to me first, and then to Doc. I'm sorry, Doc said, and would have said more before I tugged him past. Hold that thought, Gwyn. 
Need to take care of some trouble first. Our friend's been dumb. Her brow furrowed like she could read minds. I'm coming with you. That is not a good idea. You can't stop me. I could. But why argue? She followed Doc and me to the door, which I dialed for Doc's home realm and opened onto an almost empty parking lot flanked by scrub pines. Stars overhead, pretty patterns, the galaxy washed out by streetlights, but still there. Far away and past the trees, a city's lights burned. Here, the Cape and Cane was the corner of a strip mall occupied by a karate club and a wash and fold. There are lots of realms. Can't afford downtown real estate in every one. We stepped out, me and the Doc and Gwyn. It takes a second to get your bearings in a new world. Thank momentum and reference frames for that. Hey, I said. No need to speak louder than a whisper, at least on this seaboard. Majestic. Doc has something to say. There were crickets among the pines around us, and wind in the branches, and cars on the road in the distance. Sound travels 340 meters a second in air, give or take. The city was 40 clicks away. My voice reached it in a little under two minutes. Majestic made the return trip faster. She wasn't there, and then she was, hovering with arms crossed above the blacktop. Her hair was long and black and unbound, blown straight by the wind of her flight. The world bent with her anger. She wore striped pajamas. She could break the sound barrier without a sweat and had been in too much of a hurry to put on clothes. We were probably screwed. Majestic's eyes were red. She had not been sleeping. She turned her gaze on Doc with a mixture of scorn and anger I knew too well, the righteous angel's expression. Doctor, what you've done... Doc stepped forward. For a guy drunk as he was, he made an admirable show of sobriety. It was an accident, he said. Bullshit. I'll say this for Doc. Not everyone controls their bladder when a woman who can punch holes in the moon calls bullshit. You're right. I made a mistake. I wanted... He shook his head. Doesn't matter what I wanted, does it? No. I'm sorry. There's no excuse for what I did. Here. He offered her the crystal. Place it over her heart. She'll wake unharmed. You're a mad dog, doctor. I should put you down. Gwyn stepped between them. I'll stop you if you try. I kept a straight face. What could Gwyn do against her? But Majestic didn't know Gwyn and wasn't psychic anymore. He wants back in the game, Mags, I said. It's a good deal. She turned to me. Stella. You think you're above all this. I should get the League, burst through that door, scatter you and your sick friends to the ends of time. Maybe, I said. But if you came after us, you'd be Player One. And you know how things end for Player One. I smiled and showed sharp teeth and the faintest trace of my ruined wings. The folks in there have a lot of practice losing, and me, I have more practice than anyone. How'd you like to find out how it feels? Majestic, to her credit, considered the option. But she looked at the stone then and saw Claudia staring back at her. She took the stone and her love and left. None of us spoke for a while. Doc worked up the nerve first. Gwyn, you couldn't have beat her. Yeah, she said. Well, 
Who cares about winning anyway? I'd rather lose with style. I'm sorry, he said. I was scared. And a jerk. Yeah, he said, with a self-deprecating laugh out of character for a master of the mystic arts. Come on, she said. Let's go. I held the door open for them. Above, the stars and galaxies whirled and seemed to smile. I didn't smile back. I went inside to see how Dr. J's hat would fare. Us losers have to stick together, after all. Max Gladstone has been thrown from a horse in Mongolia and nominated for the Hugo, John W. Campbell, and Lambda Awards. A narrative designer, writer, and consultant, Max is the author of the Hugo-nominated Craft Sequence, starting with the three parts Dead and most recently continuing with Ruin of Angels. His short fiction has appeared in Tor.com and in Uncanny Magazine. He has written games, comics, and interactive television, and is the lead writer of the fantasy procedural series Book Runners. Max's most recent projects are the intergalactic adventure Empress of Forever and, with the time travel epistolary spy versus spy novella this is how you lose the time war wilson fowley lives in a suburb of vancouver canada and has been reading aloud since the age of four his life has changed recently he lost his wife to cancer and he changed jobs from programming to recording voiceovers for instructional videos which he loves doing but not as much as he loved Heather. This episode was made possible by our Patreon subscribers. A special thank you to Blue G. Thank you for listening to The Kaleidocast, a production of the Brooklyn Speculative Fiction Writers, who can be found at bsfwriters.com. Your hosts are Marcy Arlen as Calliope DeGamowitz, Bradley Robert Parks as Brad Overstreet, Cameron Roberson as James Orking II, and Sam Schreiber as Sam Spellingbound. Our music is Delusion of the Fury, Act 2, Treats with Life and with Life Despite Life, Arrest, Trial, and Judgment, Joy in the Marketplace, by Harry Parch, used by permission of Innova Recordings and the Harry Parch Foundation. Our audio was engineered by Kyle Fink and Atticus Garten. This podcast uses many sound effects from YouTube, freesound.org, and from FreeSFX at freesfx.co.uk. Special thanks go out to Mike Allen, Zigzag Claiborne, CSE Cooney, Alpha Daily Majors, Wilson Fowley, Tatiana Gomberg, Julia D. Guzman, Carlos Hernandez, Gary Benjamin Holt Jr., Adeodat Ilbudo Roberson, Larissa De Lima, Marco Palmieri, and Diana Foe. The Kaleidocast and all its contents are protected by a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License, which means you can share it all you want, but don't sell it or change it, and give credit to the Kaleidocast and its authors. 
If you like what you hear, please leave a review on iTunes or comment on our website at kaleidocast.nyc, which is where you can find links to all our contributors. Oh.